Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download the uh, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Today, it's part two of our weekly podcast and we will specifically look at... Do you want them to the, the Northern Classic? We have to. The hell of the North? We have to because... Can you believe we're talking about it? <laughs> it's been 900 days. It <laughs> or, is. Or something like this. It, it's, that is not a joke. Yeah. It's actually been 900 days since the last Paris-Roubaix. When was it? Uh, 2019, April. 900 days ago. <laughs> 900 days ago. It's phenomenal. Do you know, uh, I saw a statistic that made me laugh, but the last time Paris-Roubaix was on, Philippe has never been world champion, and uh, Valverde was still under 40. Wow. That's how long ago it is. Wow. And and here's a stat. I sort of, I hope it happens, hope it doesn't. And, right. and you'll know. It hasn't rained since the 2002 yeah. Paris-Roubaix. And guess, do you know who won? Johan Museo won his third. Okay. Johan Museo, the Lion of Flanders, he was one of the greatest one-day so classics. on this fact, we are all sitting here on our couch wishing for rain. And we know we know that uh, by fact the riders are not wishing for you think so. There'll be yeah. there'll be a few. You think so? Matthew Vanderpol. Yeah. I don't think he'd be too disappointed just mm-hmm. with his skill set. Yeah. Cyclocross, Genex Stibar, you know, these guys who have the background. Okay. I mean oh, Come on, we want rain. Yeah, we sort Once. of uh, we want a little bit. We, we want, want one in this decade. Um, and look, the other side of it is it's history making the Woman, first yeah. Yeah. Um, Femme. yeah. Um, that is going to be sensational. So that is beg the question. Uh, it's a lot shorter, yeah, than, than the men's race 116 kilometers. Too short or not? Uh, look, there's been some criticism, there's been some criticism, too short, but also not Aramberg, which is the mythical, yeah, pass. And why not Aramberg? So it starts, uh, if I can just tell you really quickly, as you know, I've, I've run a small tour group business Mm -hmm. and obviously we haven't ran a trip to the classics for a couple of years now why is that (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't be bothered going had too much on in australia (laughs) sort of busy you loved it so much here (laughs) but anyway each year there's a grand fondo paris-roubaix yeah and i gotta say it is one of the most fun fondos you'll do ever in your life it's so much fun so the fondo that we do, because there's varying distances, like any sort of grand fondo that you do where they have multiple distances, the one that we do starts at the velodrome, finishes at the velodrome. Okay. So you go obviously on a route out, which is nothing, which is has nothing to do with the route of Paris-Roubaix. It's mm-hmm. all just back roads. And where you enter the course is at the start of the Arenberg Forest. Okay, yeah. 
And on memory, that Grand Fondo is about 150 kilometres in length. So it's the perfect distance for tourist cyclists, you mm-hmm. know, half-serious cyclists who want a good challenge. We, we take all day to do it sort of thing, but it's great fun. Yeah. But we get to do the Arenberg, and then we cover the whole course from there on in. I would have loved to have seen the women's yeah. race do that, like start at the Velodrome. I, th- yeah. I think that would have been just a great spectacle and then finish there. Yeah. And that way... Thus, they do the maximum distance, I think, that they can sort of do in UCI regs is around the 150, 160. Yeah. It might be even more than that, but I think that's about the premium distance. Mm-hmm. But look, the other side of it is, it's the first year. Let's celebrate. Yeah. Let's not yeah, criticise. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I, I know I some be fans have. I wasn't criticising. Yeah, no, well, you're not <laughs> criticising, no, but you, you brought it up. And it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think we're still going to see a, a brilliant race. Yeah. And, you know, in Tour de France's in the last 10 years and the last so many that you and I have been on the ground, and Maddie Keenan's a one for this as well, the shorter stages are more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a super dynamic women's Paris-Roubaix um, and it'll be long enough. It'll be long enough to create a, a really great spectacle. And what we want, we want a race that brings more sponsors for mm-hmm. future years and brings bigger 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 audiences uh, to the TV. I honestly honestly think that ASO has turned the corner. Yeah, I think so. You know, this is this uh, and don't get me wrong on this but there's no going back. And you uh, and I have both, this is here both criticized them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So about the lack of um They were slow to support. start. Yeah. They were slow to start on this but yeah. now I think this the game changer as sad as it is the game changer is having ASO on board. Yeah. And actually you you, you can think that it's now, you know, the the Giro Done had to change this year. All the other races are now going to change because ASO is coming on board. So the the you know the big guns are out mm. uh, on this and I think the big is actually Brilliant! They're closing the year with Paris Roubaix. Oh, it's yeah. You know, when you think about it, it's the, in the in terms of the air, so they're closing their year with a, with a Paris Roubaix, and they involve the the first women's race. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and I think everyone will be the fact that you know it got postponed early in the year. I think everyone who's working on it for ASO, and of course the teams and the riders, everyone is super pumped. I think it'd be a relief. It's like the last hurrah of I the season. I think it'd be a relief when he just when they cross the line in the oh, village. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the organisers will. Yeah, Patch, um. Christian Prudhomme and everyone who's working on it logistics yeah. wise, it'll be it'll be a sigh of relief, yeah. that's for sure. Um but you know what else they've had to do? They've had to go out on the course and pull out weeds and, ah, and yeah, scrape yeah. the moss off but the yeah, parvey. It's been two years. <laughs> yeah, two years. Yeah, that's right. And also different time of the year. Mm-hmm. So the winter moss and weeds are all starting to to come on for the sort of winter season. Yeah. So they've had to get sort of scouts out, and they get because they have local councils, and they they have a um, protection committee. Yeah, for the pavé. For the pavé. Yeah. So they've had to activate them in a big way, and and mm-hmm. I think agricultural students, uni students, to uh, clear to, the whole off. Yeah, to clear it all <laughs> off. So um, I think Tiri Gouvernou he did a final course recce and said. We're good to go. Yeah. We're ready to go. But I did see a picture of the Arenberg. It was green. Yeah, I saw, I saw that yeah. picture. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The both Paris-Roubaix will be on SBS. And this is amazing. And then, uh, there will be uh, a whole a host of things around Paris-Roubaix. But Saturday, uh, especially, will be a very interesting day. You, first Paris-Roubaix. You know what I'm doing? What are you doing? You know that little gift you gave me? Yes. I've, I've kept it. I oh. haven't. And, you, and you're, to your surprise, you're like, jeepers. Did you keep it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, well, I would have drank it. Right yeah. So the lovely man across from me, Peeps, he gave me a long neck Chimay Blue. 
Just True. a nice, you know, end of season, end of Walter, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, so I've kept it. I think I think it's the corks coming out <laughs> on uh, on Sunday night. It's because yeah. I'm not I'm not working on it. I'm, I get to I get the night off. Mm-hmm. Um, so enjoy. I'm, I am going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a slow burn. The Chimay Blue. It's nine yeah. percent. It's too hard. It's a classic Belgian. I let you on a little trade secret, but I think we did a couple. We did a podcast in Belgium where I had a couple of. She may blue. And oh, and they knocked you for six. Yeah, remember I came out. Was, was Scott co- Sunderland the culprit? No, 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 no. It's, it's my, my my Dutch mate. Remember my Dutch oh, mate? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I yes, went yes. for a couple of She may blue, and I wasn't driving. Let's be fair. Yeah. Uh, but I remember doing the podcast, going, okay. Uh, she may blue is a lot harder than I oh, remember. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 rocket fuel. Anyway, um, uh, we di- we digress. Yeah, absolutely. Just quickly to finish on Paris Roubaix uh, winners. Who do you see? Oh, yes, it, I'm uh, glad you asked. Or is it just an open game? Both uh, I think it's an open game. I, I just think because of the time of the year, um, I think there has been riders, we talked about it during the Vuelta, that were doing the Vuelta Seneschal, yeah. Florian Seneschal. He is one that could win it. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like that, I think that you don't necessarily expect, and this is in the men, of course. Wout van Aert is lining up. Kasper Asgren. Sagan is on the start list. Okay. Do not write him off. Um, Matthew Vanderpol said he had no back issues at the Worlds. He's not at his very best, but he's pretty close, but isn't not he? Not at his very best. He was following Wood Van Aert at the at the Worlds. Yeah, he finished he's in the group. Yeah, yeah. Not at his very he, best. Actually, so. he crossed the line in front of Wout Van Aert. Exactly. <laughs> um, and let's just uh, big shout out, Mitch Docker. Yeah, exactly. His final bike race. <laughs> I hope the wind is busted, in your back, Mitch. Busted I hope, elbow or something. Yeah, I hope you have. A little bit of luck because you need a little bit of luck in Paris Bay, and I hope Mitch makes the early break, and then the rest will history will tell the story. Show the mullet to the world. Yeah, um, but no, look, there's a bunch of riders, and in the women, at the moment, I see Chloe Hosking on the start list. I see Mariana Voss. Mm-hmm. To me, Voss is a, a big favourite because of her bike handling skills, plus good form, silver medalist at the Worlds. Tiff Cromwell. Mm-hmm. Tiff, remember, previously won Omloop. Yeah. Het Newsblood. Yeah. So Tiff does ride well in the classics. How will she handle Paris Bay? We're going. To, how will all the women handle Paris yeah. Bay? It's their first one. We don't know. It's different Parve. Um, Van Vluten is riding. Um, so there's a bunch of riders. There's not a lot of Aussies, but there's a few on the start list. But um, it's still yet to be finalised. But either way, I think yeah. we're going to see two great races. Hundred percent. Hundred. Hundred percent. Any other news? Uh, yes. Look, some small snippets of news. Uh, one bit of news, Lance Armstrong. He's what, got his podcast. What now? I know, I know. I can't, <laughs> we can't stop talking about the guy, what can we? Now? now, this is a story that popped up. He celebrated his 50th. Can you believe the guy's 50? Yeah. Um, he had it in Mallorca, I think. I didn't even know I'm, I'm actually that close to him. <laughs> in terms <laughs> of age. In terms of age. She's <laughs> he that old? Oh, my God. 45. Uh, <laughs> um, Jan Ulrich went to his 50th. Yeah. They've okay. become mates. Armstrong went and visited Ulrich, um, I think, uh, a few years ago when he was really having some, he had some really, issues, yeah. yeah, mental yeah. health issues and, you know, was in a really dark place. Anyway, Ulrich joined them on the podcast and I've just listened to snippets, but basically Ulrich talks about it, uh, about the, the last few years and he talks about the really dark place he was in. He says, you know, I was in a similar position to Marco Pantani. And so... I guess what I'm... That's scary. The reason, it? Yeah, it's, it is scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, the point of all of me bringing this up is, okay, Armstrong, Ulrich, that group of riders from that era, they're villains in yeah. our sport. 
like them or dislike them, I think we can all agree that they're villains of our sport. But there's a human element to this. And I, for one, are happy to see Ulrich has got his life back on track. And I think that's an important part mm-hmm. that we that we we shouldn't shy away from and discuss because we've lost riders. Yeah. Uh, high-profile cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and Ulrich was probably closer than what we thought, and he, he says that. So I think that's a really nice story. That's a good story. Yeah. Um, another really tragic story, and I know Cycling Central has sent out their condolences and well wishes. Mm-hmm. Chris Anker Sorensen, yeah, I think we just sad. have to mention it. Um, that that was devastating. He was, he was killed in an accident with a van. He was hit by a van. Just days out from the world champs. Yeah, and he in was Belgium. in Belgium reporting for the, for yeah, the TV, for his national TV. Yeah, for Danish TV. Uh, you and I have both met Chris yep. um, just in the last few years when he retired. I think mm-hmm. I interviewed him once or twice when he raced. Maybe I didn't know him. He was a nice guy. Yeah, nice he was. Guy. Ju- and even if we didn't know, you read all the um, comments. And look, guys like Baden Cook, who raced with Chris Anker yep. at, at uh, CSC years ago, but all these pros talked about such a gentleman that he was and um mm-hmm. yeah gee sometimes uh Absolutely, yeah. we lose some of the best don't we mm-hmm. so that's that's a real shame um on a brighter note i'll let you lead into this one gravel yeah gravels have been uh so the uci have been uh, saying they will run a world championship on gravel so now my first question is gravel finished is gravel stop being cool you know, that, <laughs> if well, if, if we ask my other French mate, Sim Green, who you know He's quite well, gravel. well, Sim would be like, <laughs> mate, it lost its coolness when they started producing specific gravel bikes, gravel bikes. <laughs> <laughs> because he was riding gravel, so he reckons, twenty years ago on his roadie, and he still does. He refuses to buy a gravel bike. Um, that's but it's a good point. If, Will the hipsters now exactly. disengage with? The gravel that, side that was of the sport. risk uh, skateboard had at the, the Olympics because skateboard yes. is skateboard and skateboard yes. is free and you can't just put this into some sort of uh, you know nomenclature where yeah, you just yeah, yeah. box it in. Uh, but I gra- didn't think about skateboarding like that. That's a yeah. good point. But so so yeah, what what is gravel like? You know, are the big the, the the young kids that are doing gravels today are they even do they even know what the UCI is? Do they even well, want? Well, or? can I say this then? And this is just my instinct here. I haven't had too much time to think about it. I hope, I don't think it should happen. Mm-hmm. That's my bottom line. I don't think there should be gravel worlds because there's these gravel races, these sort of marquee events around yeah. the world. And I don't mean Strata Bianca. I mean specifically gravel where they're carrying their camelbacks, you know, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing eight-hour races. And there's been a few in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know all of the names of them. But there's this... There's this sort of um, underground league, if you yeah. like, um, and I think it should stay there. I agree. You know, I, and I say that out of respect for gravel, yeah, exactly. races who yeah. are traditionalists. Um, so I think it should stay there. I think there's some. When I saw the news, there's something well, that was. Well, trying to capitalise. Yeah, there's something that wasn't or just not sitting right with me. But maybe yeah. I'm totally wrong. Maybe yeah, I'm totally yeah. Wrong. And look, uh, maybe it'll grow the sport more. Um, and you know, if it does, then great. But I see it as a as a they see that there's money to be made. Yeah. Um, and what's next? A, a tarny? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. A fixie? Well, they had, <laughs> didn't they? They have this race in uh, the Bromptons in England. Yeah, yeah, in yeah exactly. The Brompton. What's, what's next? You know, one of the Spanish Grand Tour riders, um, oh, I've forgotten his, uh, Bolocchi. I think it was Bolocchi. 
He raced him. You see the block. Remember the guy who crashed yeah, yeah, with yeah. Armstrong? Yeah. And he was probably the one year he was really going to challenge Armstrong and he broke his hip and we never saw him come back again. And he raised the Bromptons? He rode the Bromptons. He, he raced. It was like 30000 to win. It's like ridiculous. But you got to race on a Brompton bike. You know, those fold-up bikes, if you don't know yeah, what we're talking about. Absolutely. So they'll come up with anything. I don't yeah. know. Okay, but that was the end of the podcast. Uh, just before we go, uh, let me remind you there is the Crow Tour on SBS all this week just to tie you over uh, to get ready for Paris-Roubaix on Saturday. And uh, starting as well on the 4th of October, there's the Women's Tour, the Women's Tour of Britain uh, on SBS. Highlight every day. And you know what? Uh, we are going to have a live podcast every day of the race with Gracie Elvin and Kate Bates. That's going to be awesome. This is it for today. Thank you, Michael, for coming. Thank you very much. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a rise with our friends at Zwift. And until then, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Mathieu van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.